welcome to TTM Cast, your sports collectibles podcast, sponsored by SportsCardForum.com, the ultimate in sports card trading and discussion, and sponsored by Diamond Service Grading, fast, accurate, transparent card grading for today's collectors. And now, here's our host, Jeff Baker. Hello, everybody, and welcome to TTM Cast, your sports collectibles podcast, where we talk TTMs, cards, autographs, collecting, and a whole lot more. It is season four, episode 14. It is the weekend of April 10th. April 10th. Boy, it's flying by already, Drew. And you are listening to the nationally ranked sports card podcast podcast hosted by me, Jeff Baker. Drew, I said I was going to do better, and I'm just not doing better (laughs) yet. I'm not doing better, but I'm going to try, guys. My name is Jeff Baker. I am your host talking to you from Boston, Massachusetts. And joined by my co-host and friend, Mr. Drew Pelto from Dallas, Texas. Welcome, Drew. Hey, good to be on here, as always. Drew, you've had a busy week in terms of TTM. And why don't you let people know where they can find you on YouTube? I have indeed. You can find me on YouTube if you look up Drew's Autographs or if you go to youtube.com slash Drew Pelto. You can also check out my website. That is dfwgrapher.com. has all stuff about my collection, all the sets I'm working on, links to my YouTube, um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that kind of stuff. So once again, just check that out, dfwgrapher.com. That's the easiest way to be able to find me. Guys, check it out. Drew posts great stuff on, on YouTube. Also, he's working on about 8 trillion sets. So you can find out who he's collecting, who he needs. He's a great trader. So check it out. Uh, Drew, I got we got one big news from our radio show, and you can talk about uh, our radio show in a second, but I just want to let everyone know, we have uh, extended our radio contract. We are going to be running our show at least through the end of this year. So that is great news for us and hopefully for our listeners. Hopefully you're checking out. Drew, why don't you tell people all about our radio show on the SportsMap Radio Network? Yeah, it has really taken off nicely here in the first couple of months. I know when we kind of first you know, pitched the idea, it's like, well, you know, yeah, we'll give it a six-month trial, see if it runs. And I mean, the station seemed to be very happy with there to extend us out to a full year. But as Jeff said, you can find us on SportsMap Radio, the SportsMap Radio Network. It runs all across the country, about 100 markets or so. Um, if you don't have a market in your area, you can find it uh, through their app, just the SportsMap Radio app. Our show is called Sports Collectors Club. It runs at 7 a.m. Eastern time on Sundays. Also gets a, a secondary airing at 10 a.m. Eastern on Sundays. And you can also check out our website on that at sportscollectorsclub.com. Find all of our past episodes on there as well. Yeah, we have a lot of stuff, fun stuff planned for the radio state and radio show. And hopefully we're going to get a third playing over the weekend. So we're really thrilled about that. We appreciate our support from the radio station as well as from our, all our listeners. We've got a ton of listeners on the radio show. So if you haven't heard our radio show, check it out. As Drew said, it's on the SportsMap Radio Network. Go to sportsmapradio.com and you can find out where to find it in your local area. But we had a big week this week in terms of sports and things going on first i want to congratulate the kansas jayhawks for winning the national championship what a great game against north carolina north carolina looked like they were going to run away with it at halftime and and kansas just they played hard those guys those kids played hard and they came back and 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 took it away from them and and it was a close game near the end but uh um i think it was love had a shot to win it with a three-pointer at the end and he and he was just off a little so congratulations to uh kansas and the kansas jayhawks uh baseball season starting uh 
just started and we've got my Red Sox to play in the Yankees right now. We're recording this on Friday, uh, Friday night. So if the game is in extra innings right now and we're recording the show as opposed to watching the Red Sox Yankees next innings. So uh, yeah, hopefully you guys are enjoying the start of the baseball season i have my fantasy draft this weekend my fantasy baseball draft this weekend i'm not going to bore bore everyone with a lot of fantasy talk but i'll get i'll let everyone who know who i, I uh, got if i get anyone good it's an auction type uh draft and it's only ao only and uh, we'll we'll keep you up up to date i finished second last year so i just love fantasy and i i, I know it's it's not it's not as exciting as collectibles but we'll we'll, we'll mention every once in a while okay drew all right one big thing you want to do it, give it a drum roll, Drew. Drew, you're the drummer. Give it a drum roll. That's all I got. I that was awesome. That was awesome, my friend. Hey, guys, I want to thank all our listeners from the guy that's only a person that's only listened once to the person that has downloaded every one of our episodes. We've had almost 150 episodes. I think we're going to hit 150 episodes next, next week, but we hit. 30,000 downloads. 30,000 downloads is uh, incredible to me. I remember when I hit 100 downloads, I thought that was the best thing. And that took me a while. No joke. It took me a while to get to 100 downloads. So, uh, the you know, the show has been building a lot of momentum. And since Drew has come aboard, uh, we have just we're, we're hitting our stride. And we, we really appreciate all the great responses and feedback from the listeners. And we, I really Drew and I love doing this show. We really do. We do this for fun. This is a labor of love. And and uh, to hit 30,000 downloads, I just want to thank you guys because it, it um, it's humbling that we had 30,000 down, downloads. And, and uh, to put it in, in perspective, there's not a lot of things in life that you do 30,000 times, right? So 30,000 is a pretty big number. Uh, and we're very happy about that. Drew, you've got a, a big week planned huh for with some going to see some games i do yeah i'm gonna like we said we're recording this on friday but a uh, saturday i'm going to be going out to frisco going to see the arkansas travelers the uh mariners double a team taking on the frisco rough riders rangers double a going to be seeing um what's his name jack Leiter making his pro debut he of course was a draft pick last year did not play in the Rangers minor league system last year. They sent him straight to double A this year, and uh, he'll be making his pro debut on Saturday. I already got my ticket for it just to be on the safe side there. Uh, some big names there for Arkansas as well. Caden Polkovich is uh, probably the biggest name that they've got there. George Kirby is another one as well. Kirby is pitching for Arkansas tonight, though, so I'll end up missing him going, but hopefully that means he'll just be around and signing then tomorrow so I can hopefully get him on a uh, set card that I need. And then next weekend, the 15th and the 16th, they're going to go out and see the Angels and the Rangers here in Arlington. They've got some alumni guys that are going to be out there at the game. So hopefully get some stuff signed there. And if I'm able to fit it in, see if I can get down by the field there for somebody to sign. But I'm not really not really betting much on that happening. Yeah, I'm actually going to the uh, Fisher Cats, the Manchester Fisher Cats yeah. and the Hartford Yardbirds on Tuesday. We won a set of uh, tickets to opening day at the New Hampshire Baseball Writers Dinner over the winter so nice. my son and my wife and i are going to go out and check out the opening day for the manchester fisher cats and then drew's actually coming out this summer and we're going to go do a we're going to take in a fisher cat with me and drew and aaron and my wife so um fisher cats if you're in the new, new hampshire uh, area and go check out delta stadium it's a great place to watch a game and the guys are awesome at signing autographs so uh 
I'm Drew, like you, I'm a huge uh, minor league fan. I love going to the minor league games. I honestly, I, I think I like going to the minor league games better than the, the major league games. It, there's less hassle. There's no part, you know, trouble parking. You get in there, you get your seat. It's you're not 20 people on top of you. Um, and, and, and it's a nice, nice time. So, you know, if you have a young, young kids that you want to expose them to baseball, take them a minor league game at first. I think that's, <laughs> that's a nice way to get them involved in, in uh, baseball. And there's a lot, there's a ton of stuff at minor league games for the kids. They do contests and there's mascots and there's giveaways and they're throwing t-shirts and it's just a, it's a party event, right, Drew? It is. And I mean, I'll put it this way. I live, I could walk to a Rangers game from my apartment. It takes maybe a 15 minute walk, five minute drive. It's a 45 minute drive for me to go out to Frisco, but I will take the trip out to Frisco every single time. If you give me the choice between the two of them. So if I go to a Rangers game, I'm going to be paying at least 20 bucks for a ticket, at least 15 bucks for parking or having to walk 15 minutes. The food is going to be expensive. You're talking you know, like 10 bucks for a hot dog there basically. And if I'm lucky, I'm going to get five cards signed. Or I can drive those 45 minutes out to Frisco, pay 10 bucks for a seat, 10 bucks for a decent amount of food. Uh, I've got a spot where I can park there for free. Even if I pay for regular parking, it's 10 bucks for parking. And I'm probably going to get about 30 to 50 cards signed. Which one do you think I'm going to take? Yeah, and I'll it's gladly fun. take that drive. And yeah. it's fun. You don't have people all over you. No one spills beer on you. And in the summertime, it's great. You sit out in the sun and you watch the game. And the, you know what? There's no television, really. So the game moves along and they've got the pitch count and you're not there for seven hours. And, you know, I love baseball. Don't get me wrong. You know, to see the, the, the greatest players in the world play, play a game, uh, you know, the best they, that anyone can. It's awesome in major leagues. But, you know, five or six games a year for major leagues is a lot. Uh, for me to take in, but I could I could honestly take in 50 minor league games and, and still take in more. So Drew, have fun. I'm I'm looking forward to it, guys. We have a really great show for you this week. We have uh, uh, he's a legend. We're gonna call, we're gonna call him a hobby legend, an autograph legend. Mister Les Wolf is coming on as a guest, and Les has been collecting uh, autographs for over 60 years, and he was friends with Muhammad Ali and Mickey Mantle, and he talks all about um, just coming through the hobby and all the people that he's met. He's met. And also, one of the things that he really has focused on the last couple of years is uh, protecting your, your investment and protecting your autographs and how you, you protect the autograph your autographs. And we talk all about that. So Les Wolf will be joining us later in the program. Uh, next week, we have Andy Broom. Andy is Senior Vintage Card Grader for CSG. And we talk all to, uh, we're going to talk to Andy about the new CSG label, the new CSG uh, grading, uh, what's been happening with CSG, some of the new things that they have coming on. So that'll be next week. This week, Les Wolf. Next week, Andy Broom. We also have all our regular segments, right, Drew? We do indeed. We've got Baker's Dozen, which is going to be a rundown of everything in the in the news world of our hobby, we've got uh, Making the Grade, talking about some card grading news. We've got Stamp of Approval, where we're just going to go through whatever we feel like talking about for the week that uh, gets our thumbs up. We've got the Vern Rap Minute, covering everything about deaths in the world of sports, entertainment, and politics. And, of course, what everybody is here for, our TTM returns for the past week. Wah, wah, wah. I got shout out again. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, if you want to uh, send us a... a, a the text and let us know how we're doing there's kind of two ways to, to get a hold of us we have our text line which is 
0662. I'm not gonna, you don't have to write it down. It's available on our website. You can check it out there, but it's 978-729-0662. Or you can email us at ttmcast at yahoo.com. I'm still waiting for our jingle, Drew. Where's the jingle from the band? <laughs> you got to get that band on it so we can ha- we can play. Every time we play the, the TTM cast uh, email address, we're going to get that jingle in there, right? I'll I'm, see hold- what I can I'm do. holding yeah, it to you. I'm going to be a pain in the ass about this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, coming up next, we're going to get right into the show with Baker's Dozen. <laughs> Baker's Dozen is a new summary of what's been going on in the hobby. And guys, uh, this week I started, uh, I had two articles in sportscollectorsdaily.com. First, I had an article on the Legends of Basketball event that I attended in Naples, Florida a couple of weeks ago. And it's just an overview of what, what happened at the event, some pictures of the event, some of the things that I got signed. It's a really fun, fun article. And then my second article, which is I'm going to have a weekly article on TTM and uh, our, our podcast. And it's going to be uh, in Sports Collectors Daily every week, which is very exciting. And uh, I had our, my first article was this week. And so go check it out, sportscollectorsdaily.com. And I'm going to have an article every week in sportscollectorsdaily.com. We'll have tips on TTMing, some uh, trends in TTM. We're going to, it's really going to be a TTM-centric article. Uh, Drew's going to help out and, and add some, some content as well. I know Drew's the... Got a couple ideas for articles as well, so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do a lot with uh, Sports Collectors Daily, and uh, I thank Rich Miller and, and, and his team for for uh, getting us involved and keep us involved, and uh, hopefully you enjoy it. Let us know what your thoughts on that. Uh, in the business side of the the hobby, um, I don't know if you guys saw this, but Fanatics had a uh, 1.5 billion. That's B with a billion billion 1.5 billion dollar round of investments for the, to the company and the NFL invested 320 million and uh, the major league baseball and a bunch of the other um, sports invented uh, the NBA invested. They had all sorts of uh, private investors invest as well, but they raised $1.5 billion. So Drew, that's a lot of money into the hobby. It is. Yeah. That's uh, I mean, I guess I'm not too surprised. I mean, fanatics is just going, you know, head first into all this stuff to try to promote exactly what they're doing with taking over all the cards for the next however long they've got. Yep. They're there. If they, they, you didn't think they were a force before they are definitely going to be a force. Uh, they're putting their, their imprint on tops, you know, since the purchase of tops, you can, you can see the changes in tops just by dealing with them as a company, uh, just ordering things. It's a lot easier to order things and the pre- the prevalence of cards. There's a lot of cards available, a lot more cards available. So, um, Watch what's happening with big things at Fanatics. Got some uh, news on the National Sports Collectors Convention as well. Big event, of course, every year. Jeff and I are both going to be there. I'm sure a lot of you that are listening out there are going to be there as well. But they've added a few more autograph guests this past week. They also, uh, I brought up the fact on Twitter that I really wasn't enjoying the fact they're releasing one guest per day. And I'm like, so what, we're going to get the VIP guest by mid-June or something like that? And they actually responded and said next week they're going to put out about 20 names or so, including some of the VIP guests. So very happy to see that they uh, listened to my complaints there and several other people's complaints as well. But a couple of big names added to the list this week. Uh, we mentioned last week, of course, Dan Marino was the first name that came out there, along with uh, we've got Frank Gore, Michael Vick, Chipper Jones, 
David Ortiz, Mike Piazza, Mariano Rivera, Joe Montana. Just added in the last couple of days, Floyd Mayweather, former heavyweight champ in the boxing world, has been added to the list, as has Tony Oliva. Of course, the National is taking place on July 27th through the 31st in Atlantic City. You can get all the info on that at nsccshow.com. Autograph tickets are going to go on sale May 26th. Yeah, and there's a lot of good guys, some guys that are making their first appearance, including uh, Marino. I believe Vic is a first appearance. I think Mayweather, and I also think Tony Lever as well. So there's a lot of new guys. I can't wait for the VIP guys to come out because that that that's our bread and butter, Drew. That that's that's what we wait for. Hopefully, there's some guys and it's not a bunch of old washed up Yankees, you know? <laughs> exactly. I mean, I'm hoping with it being Atlantic City that I mean, you're in an area there that's close enough to New York and Philadelphia. You might be able to get some, you know, guys from the Rangers, the Islanders, the Flyers, get some hockey guys in there. Because I mean, every national I've gone to so far has been a Cleveland one. And I'm a hockey collector is my probably my number two sport that I collect. And they have not had any hockey guys in Cleveland because, I mean, we don't have much of a hockey history aside from the minor league Barons, the failed NHL Barons, and the Blue Jackets are like, you know, a four-hour drive away, so I don't really count them. Well, you know what, the uh, Chicago one that I that I kind of went to but didn't really go to, they had some hockey guys, so I'm hoping there's a few hockey guys there. Well, you know what, guys, the cost of TTM and collecting keeps going up. Uh, first, get your stamps now, guys, because the cost of stamps is going up on July 10th. They are going up to 60 cents. They're currently 58 cents. I know two cents doesn't sound a lot, but, you know, when you send out, hundreds and hundreds of TTMs like Drew and I do, it adds up. And then, you know, it's so now it's costing a little more money to send your TTMs and get your TTMs back. So be proactive, go out and buy a couple extra rolls of stamps if you can, hopefully it can get you through the year. Uh, Cost of stamps are going up. Cost of cards are going up also, huh, Drew? They definitely are. And I mean, we're seeing that right now with uh, Tops has put out a New price points on some of their blasters. Heritage blasters, $24.99 now. They used to be running about $19.99. Tops chrome blasters going up to $34.99. So uh, definitely seen an increase right there, unfortunately. I mean, yeah, if you go back, you know, even just a couple of years or so, every blaster you could find was $19.99. And now they're starting to go all over the place on that. Hell, go back even further than that. I know when I was first starting out in like high school and they first started doing blasters, they were about $9.99 at that point. Yep, I was going to say, Drew, we sound like a bunch of old fogies, right? <laughs> yeah. Remember when Blasters were 99? How long? Blasters were 999 forever. Forever, yeah. right? Back in my day, I could take the bus downtown <laughs> for a quarter. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how many times I heard my father say, oh, we used to go to the movies for a quarter. We got to get popcorn and candy and soda and go to the movies for a quarter. Yep. Okay, guys. Baseball cost cost of cards is going up, and uh, you know I think it, it they're just gonna keep going up. So you know it's a hobby we love, but it gets expensive like everything else. Well, in show news, um, there's just one show coming up next weekend that we want everyone make everyone aware of. It's in Arlington, Texas. It's April 23rd and 24th, Saturday from 10 to 5, Sunday from 10 to 4. You can learn all about it at DallasCardShow.com. It's right in Drew's backyard, so I think Drew's going to go probably try to check it out and uh, give us a report. I'm actually going to the Rich Altman show this weekend, and I'll give a report on that uh, on our next week's show. But, um, you know, we, we're, we're all kind of ramping up for the, for the national at the end of July, and hopefully we won't spend all our money before we get to the show, right, Drew? Exactly. Yeah, I'm going to try to check that one out because, I mean, the 23rd is my birthday, so it's like, 
how can you spend a birthday better than, you know, going to a card show there to start things out. But uh, my friend Aaron is probably going to come down. He's uh, come down actually for the uh, ball game out in Frisco on the 24th, which I'm going out to that as well. So we might try to hit the show together on the 24th or something like that. But yeah, I'm going to try to see if I can get to at least one day of that one. Well, we get a couple of new releases to let you guys know about. Uh, these are both coming out on April 13th. Uh, Panini Contenders Basketball is coming out. It's 2021-22. There's 12 packs in a box with 10 cards per pack, which is good. There's a lot. Those are a lot of cards. with 120 cards, right? It's um, two, two autographs, two parallels, two inserts or uh, insert parallels. Costs a little high. It's $500. But, um, you know, this is, there are a lot of good rookies in this class, and it's kind of we're, we're wrapping up the basketball season and playoffs is coming. And this is kind of a good time for basketball because some of these guys that are kind of been that have been good, but, you know, not quite sure. Uh, guys like Jason Tatum, who were having fantastic years, uh, it gives them a chance to shine. And, and the value of some of these guys is, is going to go up uh, from basketball. And we'll kind of talk about that as the, the playoffs go on. But again, Panini Candace basketball, 2021-22 coming out and it's about $500 a box. Got the uh, season kind of wrapping up a bit on 2021 football releases as well. Encased football is gonna be one that's coming out here in the next week as well. You get one Beckett graded autograph card in there. You get one non-graded autograph card, two memorabilia cards and one base card. So. Kind of a smaller product there. You get only five cards in there, but some potential for some really high-end stuff right there at the $900 to $1,000 price tag. Yeah, and you know what? Panini does very well with their high-end items. It might be something to watch. Uh, I'm probably sure this is a good break, car, uh, case break, box break uh, item to watch to get into a break. Or, um, you know, pick pick out um, the, the one or two cards that you want and kind of purchase it that way. I think that's kind of the way I handle these high-end things because, I can't be going and spending a thousand dollars on, on a box of cards there every other week, uh, like most of you guys. So that's kind of the way I handle the, these high end ones. One more thing. This is a fun one. This Drew and I both love this one. It's a 2021 upper deck Seattle Kraken box set, which is really cool. So it's their inaugural season. They're going to have 30 cards in the set. Um, it's going to be the whole roster. I think there's 23 players in the roster or 25 players in the roster plus a bunch of highlights from the season. There'll be five parallels and uh, limited autographs and short prints in the box set. They're coming out on uh, May 2nd, so we don't have a price on that, but um, it's going to be kind of like they did for the Las Vegas Knights. So kind of they did a similar similar thing for the Las Vegas Knights. So Seattle Kraken, they, they, they haven't been uh, really released in much, uh, representative in much of the hockey releases for, for upper deck so far, but this is going to, this is going to be a, a cool one. So if you, if you got a Kraken fan or, or you want to have a, a kind of a cool set, it's something to watch. Um, that, that kind of wraps up Baker's dozen for the week. We're going to go right into um, our contest. Have, uh, one uh, one prize that we're going to give away is, is continuation of last week. I said we'd extended it another week because I want to get as many kids entered as possible. This is for a kids prize pack, which is re really cool. The kids prize pack includes a medium t-shirt from collects.app, 25 um, top loaders from collects.app, a pack of tops cards, 
and there's going to be a sports collectors club uh, card stand, one or two, and a, a couple of TTM cast uh, magnets. And I'm going to throw in a couple of surprises as well. So this is really for kids, young kids, you know, 13 years old or so. Uh, we're going to send the, the whoever we pick the winner, we're going to send it to them directly so they get the thrill of getting the mail and learning about getting mail because there's nothing like getting mail even when you're an old guy like like Drew and I and, and kids love getting mail. So if you have a young collector in your life or you are a young collector, send us your email, uh, your name and your mailing address. And if, uh, if you have a kid, they, their name, uh, send it to ttmcast at yahoo.com. Well, you can text us at 978-729-0662. And I promise we will give that away next week. Um, that's a good prize, don't you think, Drew? I definitely think it is, yeah. And I also want to mention here, before we go on to our next segment there, after last weekend, you know, when we were uh, joking about uh, South Dakota, thinking, oh, yeah, we're not going to have any listeners there. We did get an email. We have listeners in South Dakota. So we are absolutely ecstatic to uh, find out that little tidbit of information. Yeah, thank you for you. For your email, it's great to learn, learn that we do have a listener from South Dakota. And Drew, I was so happy to share that with you. I was like, yeah. say we do have a listener in South Dakota. So th thanks for listening. Uh, that wraps up our contest, and we're going to go right into Making the Grade. Making the Grade is brought to you by Diamond Service Grading. Fast, accurate, transparent. Diamond Service Grading takes the mystery out of grading. They proudly have the best encapsulation in the industry with an amazing inner sleeve that not only protects your collectible investment, but looks great as well. Easy to submit, quick turnaround. DSG Grading is ready to grade your cards today. Visit dsggrading.com to learn more. Making the grade is a summary of what's been going on in the grading community. And it, it, we always seem to have a lot of news out of grading. Grading is kind of uh, come to the forefront of our hobby. Uh, honestly, if you, you ask me, three or four years ago, if grading was going to be this, this popular, I, I, I wouldn't have thought. I thought it was just a, a niche market that only some people got, you know, got cards graded. But, the, you know, the, the, the figures don't lie, right, Drew? Exactly. I mean, I'm right with, there with you on that. Because I remember when grading first started really happening about 20 years or so ago, it seemed like everybody and their cousin was starting up their own grading company. You had PSA, of course, was the big one. You had Beckett was the next biggest one. You had uh, SGC was up there. But you had like, you know, 30 other companies all doing that. And it seemed like within about five years or so, everybody except for those big three kind of all crapped out and everything. And now you're starting to see a bit of resurgence again. We're starting to see more companies getting in along with those big three, providing some other competition out there and some other options. And I think it's good to see. I hope that right now we're kind of at that point there where it's not getting over, it's not oversaturating the market with the number of companies, but it's also not underrepresenting it either. I like the addition of some of the, uh, some of the other ones that are out there, especially ones like uh, CSG and DSG that uh, we really promote on the show here. Yep. Well, guys, uh, in March, 1.2 million cards were graded by the top four companies. That's PSA, Beckett, CSG, and SGC. 1.2 million cards graded in March, which is incredible that how many cards they get graded. And PSA had, had, had a great month in terms of grading cards, didn't they, Drew? They did 978,000 cards graded by PSA in the month of March. Currently on pace to grade 11.3 million cards this year, which seems like a lot, but you may remember last week we mentioned that they've got a 13 million card backlog. So uh, <laughs> it's there. There still seems like they might be a bit backlogged, but hopefully uh, it might be able to condense that down a little bit there as well. But they're keeping themselves pretty busy over there. Zion Williamson, Kobe Bryant, 
Michael Jordan, LeBron James, the four biggest basketball names there for them over the past month. Tom Brady and Joe Burrow in the football world there as well. So as expected, the big names there across those two sports are the big ones there at PSA. You know what? It it, it doesn't surprise me because if you try to go purchase any retail basketball or football cards, you can't. You can't find them. The baseball cards you can find, but if you look at that list, that top list of six guys, right? There's not a baseball player in the group. So it, it doesn't surprise me that that's where, where people are getting graded. I, I want to just let everyone know about um, our friends at Diamond Service Grading. That's DSG Grading. They are a fantastic company. They've been grading uh, cards nationally now for more than a year. They are located in San Francisco. They have um, our meeting, their 30-day turnaround. They have a new uh, premium uh, turnaround that you can send a card in and, overnight, and then they will overnight it to you the next day. Uh, that go, that's not a cheap process, but if you need a card graded quickly, they can do it. They also do um, gaming cards like Pokemon cards and Yu-Gi-Oh cards and Dragon Ball cards, and they do sports cards. Um, they offer a special $5 coupon code just for TTMcast listeners. The code is 4HMUGTZG. Don't worry if you didn't write it down. It, it's available on our website, but here it is again, 4HMUGTZG. Diamond Service Grading, they have a cool QR code right on the label. You scan the QR code, and then you get to find out why your card got their grading. Their standard submission is 30 bucks, but with your $5 coupon code, it's only 25 They have uh, era labels, uh, a great uh, encapsulation case. Check them out, Diamond Service Grading, dsggrading.com. Well, uh, we're going to go. That wraps up making the grade. Next up is our TTM Cast stamp of approval. I bet you're wondering who earned this week's TTM Cast stamp of approval. TTM Cast stamp of approval is something that we just put our stamp of approval on. Sometimes it's food, sometimes it's movies, sometimes it's TV shows, sometimes it's hobby related, and uh, this one is 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 really um, hobby related. Uh, I love going to local card stores. We don't, you know, uh, I don't know. 10 years ago, I, there were so many local card stores in the area. You couldn't, you couldn't go into a town that didn't have a card store but in the Massachusetts area anyway. But now um, they're few and far between, but they, they're starting to come back. And I went to a, a new local card store. It's called Kate Hit, Case Hit Collectibles. It's on River Street in Haverhill, right off of 495, if you're familiar with the area. And what a great store it was. Go, you go in there. It was kind of an old school store that was kind of brand new. They've been around for about a year, and they had all sorts of bins in terms of you could go through they had um dime bins they had tons of dime cards that were great cards that i went through and picked out a bunch there they have uh, their dollar they had uh, all sorts of the boston team bins they had vintage cards they had all any any wax you want to talk about of all the new stuff uh a lot a lot of um autograph stuff on the walls and just uh really a uh, a fun store. And the best part of the store is I went in there on a Saturday at, um, I don't know, maybe one thirty, and it was packed. There was probably 25 people in there in this small store and there were a lot of kids. So it was a great, it was a fun store. I picked up a whole stack of, of cards, uh, for not a lot of money. I got a, um, a, a 1970 Bob Greasy card for $3. So it was, there's just, 
I could have spent hours and hours in there. So uh, if you, if you're in the Boston area and uh, check it out, it's called Kasich Collectibles on River Street in Haverhill. If uh, you don't, you know, if you're not in the area, Drew and I both say go to your local card store because they are fun, right, Drew? Exactly. And uh, that's what I'm actually going to give my stamp of approval to as well, because I saw it on the on the rundown list here of everything. You're going to local card stores. And as I was sitting there trying to think of a stamp of approval, I'm like, I haven't really done much this week to really come up with a good stamp of approval at all. I've still got my uh, my ankles finally back to about 90% now at this point. So just been trying to rest that and everything. So I haven't been able to go out and do much. So I'm like, all right, let's go with those as well. Because, I mean, we've got several of them here in the Dallas area that are worth mentioning. Um, there's uh, Nick's Cards is probably the best known one. That's kind of in the North Dallas area. I don't get out to that one quite as much, but they've got a really nice selection of a lot of stuff. They always have the newest releases out there, a decent amount of vintage stuff there too. Uh, you've got triple cards up in Plano. It used to be my biggest one that I would always go out to. They had this huge wall of commons that if you were trying to complete a set and you just need a few to fill in there, they had everything from like 1981 up to the present broken down by year, by set, in order, by number. So you could easily fill in anything you're looking for for any kind of uh, modern and junk era kind of stuff in there. Unfortunately, um, a friend of mine went up there about six months ago and he said that somebody went in and bought out that entire wall of stuff there. It's like, wow. <laughs> good I don't them. know who would do that or why, but hey, good for them. But man, that kind of does, that kind of removes any justification I have for driving all the way out to that shop there now, unfortunately. But if you're out in Plano, Triple Cards does have a very good selection of a lot of fun stuff there. Uh, Mason's Cards over in Frisco, they specialize a lot in more modern kind of stuff, but uh, current wax will be able to find a lot of that stuff in there. The owners are great there. Uh, the owner actually gave me a whole bunch of empty boxes of like uh, the, the empty national treasures boxes that, you know, have the wooden case with the hinges on them and everything. Yep. So I've been known to occasionally build guitars out of those. And so I've got about 20 or 30 of those empty boxes that are sitting there waiting for me to build uh, guitars out of them. So they hooked me up on those. I'll always give them a positive plug for that. And uh, my favorite one though is play ball cards right here in Arlington. Uh, for any of the old school uh, Texas area collectors, you may know Dwayne's cards that was around all throughout the 90s and the 2000s. They closed a few years ago, but right down from where they used to be is where uh, Playball Cards is located there, near where the old uh, Galleria Mall used to be. But I mean, they're another place. They're actually a fairly big store, but they get a very good, uh, good group of people in there always uh, on weekends. You go in there on a Sunday during football season, they'll have at least one of the football games on during the day. Um, they've usually got uh, all, I mean, a big wall of the current latest wax stuff. Decent amount of vintage there in their cases as well. Uh, you can find some junk era wax there fairly cheap. And I've always, I try to pick up a box of that anytime I see one that I like for cheap. They've got this whole area in the back there that has like old uh, magazines and stuff. Like you can find Beckett magazines from like the early 90s that are sitting in there. All kinds of books, all kinds of autograph stuff. You name it, they probably have a little bit of it there at the very least. I mean, a lot of it in some cases, but it's, it's always a fun place to go in there and check out. I've actually, I've mentioned them to the uh, podcast there before. They have one of our uh, TTM cast magnets there near the uh, checkout and everything. So if you go in there, if you make a purchase, let them know that you heard about them on the TTM cast podcast there. So uh, yeah, the local card shops there are triple cards in Plano, Mason's cards in Frisco, Nick's cards in Dallas and Playball cards in Arlington. That's my biggest one right there, but those are my stamp approval for the week. Very good. And you know, uh, eBay is great. I love eBay. I'm a huge eBay guy. I know you are too. And so is uh, going to card stores, it's card shows, I mean, but the card stores are the lifeblood of the hobby and uh, you got to keep them going. And it's just, I don't know, it's just fun to go in a card store. It does. It's fun to talk to the guys, talk to the fellow collectors and, and uh, 
I, I love the, the card stores that have bins that you can just go through and, and pull out um, the guys that you want, especially vintage stuff for TTM. And, you know, that's, that's the best. So that's cool. Thank you, Drew. We're going to go right into the Vern Rat Minute. Rat Minute is dedicated to Mr. Vern Rat who passed away prior to me uh, sending out a TTM request. I sent out a TTM request and unfortunately had already passed away. So we do this as kind of a, a service to our fellow TTMers who uh, let people know who passed away in the world of celebrity, in the world of politics, in the world of sports. And this week we, lo we lost a few people, unfortunately, last, last couple of weeks. We haven't had many uh, deaths, which is nice, but this week we, we've got a, a few to let you guys know about. First, uh, Estelle Harris, who played um, Estelle Costanza on Seinfeld. She was George Costanza's um, mother. She also was the voice of Mrs. Potato Head on Toy Story. Um, she was 93 years old. Uh, Shirley Berkovich, who was part of the Rockford Peaches in the uh, All-American Girls Professional Baseball League during the uh, World War II and the years after that. She was also featured in the movie A League of Their Own, had a speaking part in there, played infield and outfield there for the Peaches. Uh, she died this week at the age of 89. We lost Gene Shue. Gene Shue uh, was prevalent in the NBA from 1955 to 1989. From 55 to 64, he was a player mainly with the Detroit Pistons. He also coached from 1967 to 1989 with the 76ers, the Clippers, and the Bullets. He is a uh, five-time All-Star, two-time Coach of the Year. He was a great TTMer. Um, Gene Shue was 90 years old. Uh, Pro Football Hall of Famer Rayfield Wright just uh, died this week. He uh, played, of course, with the Dallas Cowboys for a number of years. He was an offensive lineman and one of the top linemen of his era there. Three-time All-Pro, six-time Pro Bowler. But yeah, I mean, one of the greats right there, not a TTMer, unfortunately, but uh, yeah, still a very big loss here in uh, North Texas. We lost John Ellis. John Ellis uh, was uh, living in, in Connecticut and he played 13 years in the ma in major leagues. He played with the Yankees, the Cleveland Indians and the Texas Rangers. He was a catcher, outfield, the first baseman. Um, and he was a fantastic TTMer. I know I got John for my 1978 set and Drew, I know you got him for your 72 set. Um, and he uh, passed away from cancer, but he worked tirelessly to uh, earn money for charity and was a, a, a fantastic gentleman. He was 73. Uh, Tommy Davis uh, died this week as well. He, was, of course, was a, a longtime Los Angeles Dodger. Also played with the Mets, the White Sox, the Seattle Pilots, the Astros, the A's, the Cubs, the Orioles, the Angels, the Royals. He bounced around everywhere across Major League Baseball. He's a two-time National League batting champion, played from 1959 to 76, so very lengthy career right there. Uh, he was also an active TTMer up until about July of last year. I think he charged about like $10 or so per signature, but uh, he's another guy that I had for the 72 set. But, yeah, I mean, he played what? That's a decade and a half of playing time right there, so a very long career, and he was 83. Yeah, I mean, he must have been a really good guy. I know I remember – you know, the, at the end of his career, him still being a professional hitter because he was always uh, catching on as a DH someplace. And um, my first expo uh, exposure to Tommy Davis was as a Dodger because I was a Dodger fan. And I know he was very well thought of as a Dodger. And I really liked uh, 
and anyone that played with Seattle Pilots, you know, we're losing the Seattle Pilots as we as we speak here. But you know, you know, they were only around for I think two years. And uh, I know he was featured in 1969 as, as a pilot. So uh, Tommy Davis will, will be missed. Uh, our condolences go out to friends and family uh, for everyone, anyone that lost a, lost uh, somebody this week. Um, and we are going to get right into TTM Returns. Now is the time to submit your sports cards to CSG. CSG offers some of the fastest turnaround times in the industry at the most affordable prices ranging from three to 45 business days and grading fees as low as $12 per card. Take advantage of the improved turnaround times and get your cards back in your hands with the new CSG label, faster than ever. Go to csgcards.com for details. Well, I'm going to give it the old wah, 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 because I had uh, my, my laziness is catching up with me and my vacation time is catching up with me. I probably had about a week and a half to two weeks before I went on vacation. Then I went on vacation for two, two and a half weeks. And I didn't send any returns for probably a month, month, maybe uh, six weeks. So, I mean, any requests for about six weeks. So I'm getting, I'm getting it in the, in the butt right now with, with no returns, but I actually sent out 15 last week and I sent out 15 the other day um, to all sorts of different guys. Um, I'm really, uh, you know, I, 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 I did low hanging fruit drew, right. You know, the guys that, that, you know, that sign and some of these guys that I, I, I needed or didn't have. And I was going through, but uh, when I went to the card store, actually, I picked up a bunch of cards for guys that I knew signed. So I, I sent, I sent out a bunch. So I'm going to, I'm going to give myself a slap on the wrist for <laughs> getting no returns this week and getting shut out. But I am hoping in the next uh, couple of weeks, I will start seeing returns, but you really had a big week. I did. Yeah. You may remember about a week and a half, two weeks ago, I mentioned I was sending out a lot of football ones there that uh, I said I sent out like 30 in a single week there, but starting to see those getting uh, rolling back in. But uh, starting out, let's see, let's go back to Saturday the 2nd. I got a William Refrigerator Perry back in the mail. He's a guy that I've been wanting to mail to for a long time. And it seemed like any time I was about to is around the time that he would usually stop signing for a bit. It's like, "Ah, I'll hold off for a bit. But this time I figured, okay, he's actually been signing for a couple months now. Let's get this one out and hope for the best. So I got him back um, on the fourth, got Von Hayes back on his 82 tops uh, trio rookie card that has uh, Tom Brennan and uh, Chris Bando on it. So I finally was able to finish that one off as I had gotten the other two earlier this year. I uh, got Dave, uh, Dave Hansen, who was one of the Hansen brothers in the Slapshot movies. He is in the 2021 Allen and Ginter set. They put a couple of the Hansen brothers in there. So I've gotten two of them now. Also got back Paul Coker Jr., who is a cartoonist. Uh, you may know him best with his work with Mad Magazine since somewhere in the 60s, I think. He's been 60s all the way up to now. He's been with them. He also was the cartoonist who did all of the uh, Frosty the Snowman and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer cartoons that you see around Christmas time. He was the original drawer of all of those. Uh, moving on to uh, kind of two opposite ends of the spectrum there of uh, oh yeah of uh, our youth and everything there. But moving on to the fifth, I got a Gary Nolan back. He was a former pitcher for the Reds and the Angels late in his career. Uh, Bianca Smith, who is a coach in the Red Sox organization. She's a member of the U.S. Women's National Baseball Team as well. She's another one that is in that 2021 uh, Allen Ginter set as well. Yeah, I, Drew, I actually saw her in action when I was down in spring training. My wife nice. pointed out, like, who, what's that girl woman doing on the on the yep. field? Like, she's a coach. Yep. Yeah, she's uh, part of the, uh, part of the uh, women's revolution in baseball. You're starting to see a few more female coaches out there. And good for them. I hope you see a few more there, too. 
Uh, Gary Reasons was uh, my one response on the sixth, of course, former Giants linebacker. Heads up on Reasons. He will personalize anything that you send. I think he does up to two items per request. Personalizes everything. If you don't want to personalize, he will take off the personalization for $25 an item. So uh, personally, I don't care. I'll take the autograph either way with the personalization or without. So I don't mind getting the freebie with the personalization. And uh, on the 7th, uh, yesterday, a Thursday, was I, my big day at the mailbox. Ended up getting back Butch Beard, who I sent to after you had gotten him back. My first ever vintage basketball uh, mail out. So very nice. happy to get that one. Uh, Lewis Oliver, who was a safety for the Dolphins mostly back in the 90s. He's kind of the first guy who was really the uh, one of those kind of hybrid guys who could, who's like a safety the size of a linebacker that you start to see a lot more often now. But I think he was like 6'1, 225 or something, which for an early 90s safety was absolutely massive. Uh, another giant or another uh, Dolphins defender was uh, John Offerdahl. Got him back the other day as well for one of the projects I'm working on. Chris Calloway, who is a wide receiver for the Giants, the Falcons, the Steelers, maybe a couple other teams in there, but so I always remember maybe? him. Possibly the Seahawks, too. Yeah, I know. Uh, I've, I always remember him as a giant, mostly. Had his biggest years there. Um, Rene Gonzalez, who, of course, was uh, famous for wearing the weird baseball number of 88 everywhere he went. But uh, he was with the Orioles, Blue Jays, and Angels, maybe a couple other teams. I think he had a brief cup of coffee with the Indians in there as well. He wore 88 everywhere he went, which is really weird for baseball. But you're starting to see the kind of strange numbers more often nowadays. So he's kind of a trailblazer in that area. And the biggest one that I got was Orlando Cepeda, Baseball Hall of Famer, sent off to him and got him back on three cards I needed for sets, along with the uh, 1962 Topps card that I had that was originally in my dad's collection when he was a kid. So happy to add all those in, and uh, hopefully we'll see some more coming in next week. Drew, I got a, an interesting one for you. Uh, our, my friend Troy Rudder, who's from TTM Troy, TTM Autographs, yeah. uh, he got a uh, – this is what this one rivals you. He got a uh, – Two returns from a cornhole guy, like a national wow. cornhole guy, <laughs> which it has to be the first one I've ever seen. I, I'm like, the only guy that's going to appreciate more that more than me is Drew, Bel Drew Pelto, because he would he would send off like, I don't know, the cornhole to him to get signed. <laughs> yeah, I'll send off like a beanbag or something like that. There you go. But isn't that cool? He Troy, Troy's awesome. He 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 th he finds these guys and uh, he's truly a character. So Troy's been on the show a couple of times, and uh, I just thought I, I want to share that one with you. That's great. Wow. Well, that wraps up returns to the week. We're going to get right into our uh, interview this week. This week's interview is brought to you by Certified Sports Guarantee, csgcards.com for superior sports card certification and grading. So one of the things that, that really I really love about uh, the show and the, that I love doing is the interview. I love the chance to talk to different people, to athletes and people that are uh, in the hobby, former athletes and stuff. And this one was a, a true joy. Um, his name is Les Wolf. Um, you probably recognize it. Les is a industry uh, a, a autograph pioneer. He is at the national every year. He's been collecting autographs uh, since the mid sixties, uh, mid to late sixties. He is, um, was friends with Muhammad Ali and Mickey Mantle. And he knows everything about collecting autographs in person. He is a whiz. He he's made it a science in terms of getting uh, guys autographs in person. He's still, even at his age, uh, and he's in the sixties. Now he still does TTM. Um, he still asks for autographs for, to guys. Um, and we talk all about 
his uh, journey as an autograph collector, how, how he got involved in, in what he loves about it. And they also, we also talked to him about um, something that he's become passionate about is how, teaching people how to protect their investment, protect their autographs. Um, so please enjoy my interview with Les Wolf. But first, here's a message from our friends at CSG. CSG is excited to reveal its brand new certification label. The new label matched with the hobby's best holder will enhance and preserve your cards like no other certification option. Green is gone in favor of a black, silver, and gold palette that will complement the colors of any sports card. Up your collecting game with the new CSG label, as well as the fastest turnaround times at the most affordable prices. Get the new label today at csgcards.com. Well, guys, it's not often you get to speak to a legend, and today we are speaking to a legend. He's he's laughing, but we're speaking to a legend. He's a pioneer of the sports memorabilia business. He's been a trusted a collector and seller of sports memorabilia for, I don't know, 50, 60 years less. His name is Les Wolf. He, uh, if you've gone to the National, you've seen Les. He is always there. He has been uh, on ESPN, and he is... Uh, president and owner of Les Wolf Sports LLC.com where he sells tons of autographs. We're going to talk autographs and TTM with, with the legend Les Wolf. Welcome to the program, Les. Thank you. I'm not a legend. I'm just an average guy that, that couldn't make the Yankees that uh, decided to collect their autographs. Next best thing. Well, you know what? In my mind, you're a legend because when you do something and excel at it for such a long period of time like you have, uh, you're, you're definitely a legend in this business. So it's an honor to speak with you. Oh, thanks. Les, I know, bit, I, I know you got bitten by the autograph bug at an early age. Can you just tell us a little about how how uh, how how autographs has taken over your took over your life? Well, actually, sports took over my life. Six years old, I lived with my parents in a one-bedroom apartment in Forest Hills, and at first, I didn't like baseball. My father always put it on. My mom hated it. Then I started liking the Yankees. So I, my, my father would bring home the Daily News. So I'd read the paper from the sports section to the news section, like everybody used to do back in the day. And I liked the newspapers and the Yankees were winning. It was fun. So I saved, I saved a whole bunch of them. But my mom was very neat. So she didn't want any clutter in the house or any garbage, as she would say. So I took all the newspapers and I hid them under a radiator in my hallway. We lived on the first floor and it was underneath the stairs. I feel like they lasted for like, like three months and that's what started me getting caught me on the bug and I was collecting cards and uh, photos and newspapers until I was until the summer of 1968 and all my friends would always go down to see the Jets at Hofstra I was I grew up in a in a projects in Queens called Pominock and they would go get their autographs and I was just saying hey you know what that's stupid you know why do I want to do that well I went down I was a giant fan at the time New York Giants football Giants and I went to meet the Jets well, as soon as I saw Billy Joe, got his autograph, got a bunch of Jets, and I met Joe Namath, I became a Jet fan. I was hooked. So uh, from that, from there on in, I just started collecting autographs. I mean, what kind of hobby could you possibly have where you can meet the person, get their autograph, become friends with them, and do things for them, and they do things for you? Then I just started. I started going for every baseball team, basketball, football, hockey, you name it. I was just going for them. It was just fun, you know. Back in the in the, 60, the uh, late 60s, early 70s, you know, it was easy to get the autographs. Hopefully the guy was a nice guy. I mean, there some guys that weren't, but most by and by that back then, they were all very nice. We are speaking with Les Wolf, autograph and hobby legend.
Yeah, I mean, it was a different time in autographs. I mean, I, I grew up uh, in the 70s and I really started, you know, I collected autographs when I was a kid in the 70s and started doing TTM in the early 80s. And it was a different time. You could send letters to, you know, Mickey Mantle and Sandy Koufax and, and Duke Snyder and all these guys, and they would sign for nothing. Oh, yeah. I used so, to send stuff to Mantle's house. 5730 well, 57 Watson Circle, Dallas, Texas. I still remember that. When Willie I was May, Willie Mays used to 20, 2424 uh, Riverdale Avenue in, in the Bronx that he would sign. Everybody used to sign back in the day. I remember a funny story thing about TTMs. Um, the manager was always surly when he came in. You'd get him a couple of times, but he, he wasn't that friendly as other athletes. Well, we, so we started mailing to him. And at first, everything was real. Then if you notice, he O in the DiMaggio had this big loop. So we asked him about this. Oh, I didn't do that. That's not real. My sister did that. So after that, he said, don't worry. He, so he signed everything we had that day. He said, that won't happen anymore. So he took care of us. So he, as surly as he was and, and how moody he could be at signings, he was very respectful that he didn't want phony autographs of his getting, getting out there. But there's still every now and then, you see it on eBay, you see it in someone's auction. They don't know that the O in the... The DiMaggio was all the secretarial. Yeah, I met DiMaggio in 1987 at the National. They used to have a dinner, if you remember. They used to have a dinner yeah. with all with a bunch of guys, and he was at the head ta at the head table uh, with Herman Franks and a bunch of other guys. And you know, you're at the, a place with fans, and he was just so surly with the fans. I was I was very surprised uh, and uh, disappointed. You know what it was with DiMaggio? Wherever he went, he got. He wouldn't go anyplace to a restaurant unless they didn't charge him. They comped him everything. He he kind of like uh, was really spoiled. And he wanted everybody to bow down to him. Well, um, did your did your friends collect autographs? And, and as they got older and kind of dropped out, but you stuck with it, is that what happened? Actually, one of my friends I grew up with, I got him started. He's a few years younger than me. Um, we continued doing it for a while. But I needed it because I was in the project. I needed it to help pay for my for the rent for my parents. I remember I was in the projects and it kind of paid for my college. So most of my friends stopped. You know, once they, you know, one of my friends stopped when he got married and had kids. I continued doing it for a while. Um, then I stopped maybe in the, in the 90s. I kind of stopped uh, because most of these athletes in person were just pain in the neck. Yeah. And their handwritings were just atrocious. I mean, there weren't too many Al Kalines and Harmon Kilroos that took, or Raleigh Fingers that took pride in their names, or Brooks Robinson. that were nice guys, took pride in their names. Most of these guys don't give a crap. And they think everybody's making money on them. And well, I only started selling them because I lived in a double fare. What that means is I had to take a bus to go to a train. You couldn't transfer. So I was paying double car fare to get there and double car fare to get home. So... And plus, if I wanted to eat something. So that's the only reason I started selling it. And I never, I started out collecting and never thought it would become such a big business. And in the, you know, when I started realizing it's become a big business is when I started, I don't know if you're aware of this, that I walked off the, was walking around in the city. It was most of the time I was getting the autographs in the city, Manhattan, that is. And I walked by Phillips Gallery and I saw they had a toy soldier auction and had a little bit of sports memorabilia, maybe 10 items. So I went in there after I graduated college and I said how about if we just do a sports auction so I walked so I did like three auctions there and an old college friend of uh, 
high school and college friend of mine. I said, let's start doing memorabilia auctions. So we were the first to do, before Josh was in Pennsylvania, before he started with Leland's, I had sports auctions of New York. So we did about four or five of them. Very successful. We, had, we established a name for boxing, uh, but we sold a lot of great stuff. I wish I had some of those Ruth balls that I sold for pennies on a dollar then and stuff like that. And unfortunately, his wife that he met with me, um, when I dragged him out of the house, I had to lend him a sports jacket again. His wife decided she, she didn't want him to have any partners. He had a court reporting partner and he had memorabilia partner, me. So he cut me out and I said, okay, fine. So I, I didn't pursue it because it was just too much work to, do, to run an autograph business and to also run an auction business at the time. But I used to do SED auctions on the phone or live on the phone. We, you know, it would, we had, when we did the sports, sports auctions of New York, we did it live at a hotel. So at the time we did it by phone, fax, and in person. And at that time, it was a revelation. No one ever did that. Then Josh saw what we were doing and came into New York. And that's where he got the idea for Leland's. May he rest in peace. So, um, you know, that's how we, we went forward with that until we broke up. And I continued doing it. And Was there a time when you saw um, that it kind of flipped from the auction, the autograph being from a commodity, I mean, you know, to being something that people collect to a commodity that you could actually sell? Is there there's, there's something click in your head and say, hey, I got, I got a Mickey Mantle autograph that I can sell to, to my uncle here or, or my neighbor. It's interesting, or... you, it's interesting you ask me that. When I was advertising in the back of the SED, the classified little small ads that I could afford at the time, and I, I established a, a rapport with an attorney that was a big collector. So he would send me to the hotels and I would get like Al Downing and Hank Aaron on a bull, or I'd get him whatever he'd asked for. I, hopefully he's still alive, I don't know, but I just realized then and I could actually make money on it. And, but I was mainly looking at that, even at that young age, I said, I was mainly looking at the, the older stuff. So for like in the, in the mid to late eighties, early nineties, I was trying to stick only with the high end stuff, the Babe Ruth's, the Lou Gehrig's, because that's where the real money was. I mean, looking back, I wish I kept some of that stuff. I had two Lou Gehrig contracts, I had Lou Gehrig's jersey. I must have had hundreds and hundreds of signed Ruth balls, including a 27 ball that I got traded with Barry Halper and then I sold it. I mean, I had tons of stuff. I just wish I would have stayed with the vintage at that time. But at the same time, what it allowed me, what I always used to do is, I'm sure many collectors do this now, is if I go to a hotel to get autographs, I have extra pictures of that athlete, unusual pictures, and I give it to that athlete and have them sign whatever I had. And I usually bring like three pictures, one for the athlete, two for me. So one I would keep and one I would sell. So that would help me to pay for the photos, the car fare, my lunch, and not really my time. The only thing that, you know, when you wait in person for autographs, you never can put a number on your time. And, that, and as I get books signed, like multi-signed books that I have for years with hundreds upon hundreds of autographs in it, I say, I say to my friends when I buy them from, I said, I know how much time you spent. I did also, but you're never going to get your money back out of it. And we're speaking with Les Wolf. Les is a hobby and autograph pioneer and has been collecting autographs for over 60 years. No, I was down in spring training uh, a couple weeks ago and I was getting some autographs. I saw Marcelo Meyer, the Red Sox guy, you know, he's an 18, 19 year old kid here. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm 56 years old and I'm asking this 18 year old kid for an autograph. How, do, do you feel strange asking these young guys for autographs? Actually, I have a 25 year old and a 21 year old. When they were younger, we were getting autographs. You know, I, 
I, and I look at it, it's just fun. You know, when my, when my kids, we went, we started doing this. We have one more stadium left Kansas city to hit, have hit every stadium. So one of these days, when my kids, one, you know, one working, one graduating college, one of these days we'll hit that last stadium. But I, I look at it. Uh, we, oh yeah. Now I remember what I was going to say. Um, we saw Mike Trout when he first started and I forgot what team he was playing against the Angels, and we got him on stuff and he was super nice. And I didn't think he was going to be that good. And <laughs> but then again, on, on the flip side, we were walking um, with, I forgot what team we were there for, but the Dodgers were the road team. And I just Googled Clay, Clayton Kershaw. So my son said, why are you getting his autograph? My son was pretty sharp and no, my older son, Bradley was pretty sharp at the, uh, at the players. I said, I Googled him and he had a pretty good year in the minor leagues. So I turned, I said, hey, Clayton. And he, no one had asked him. I flipped him a ball and he signed it for me. And so you never know. And that's the, that's the best part of our business is if you get in these young guys, you really never know who's going to turn out to be any good. And unfortunately, on the ironic part is you never know how their life is going to be and you know, what's going to happen to them. Because some of the guys that you never think anything's going to happen to them, like a Thurman Munson, who I love, you never, who would have thought that he'd die in a plane crash? I mean, he was so invent, you know, he was a catcher. He was so burly, so strong. Who knew that? But you never know that stuff. We are speaking with Les Wolf, autograph and hobby legend. You know, my, I have a, I have a friend. Um, this was a while ago. He was at a, a Patriots event. You know, we were season ticket holders, and my company was, and we used to send a, one of our guys every year to the Patriots event. So he went down there. And he's like, yeah, I got this guy's autograph. He was the third string quarterback. He's sitting at the table by himself. No one's talking to him. He's just sitting there twiddling his thumbs. So, and it was Brady. You know what I mean? So you, like you said, you just don't know. You know, one year the guy's the third third string quarterback no one wants to talk to. And the next year he's on, on the cover of every magazine in the world. So uh, I, I think it's kind of fun doing that. I know you've established a lot of friendships, um, you know, athletes friendships as part of, uh, you know, your autograph world um some of the guys tell us about some of the guys that you became acquainted with and, and built relationships with well the biggest one is muhammad ali when um when he lost to joe frazier you know that back in the day the only way you'd find out where these guys would stay is unless you knew friends that knew or they'd have a picture in the paper so i'm reading this the daily news i think dick young the recipes the hall of fame writer wrote muhammad ali stayed at the new yorker hotel so the only time I ever cut school, <laughs> I, I go down and get his autograph. And only, I didn't, at that time, I didn't have pictures or anything. I had an index card. I got to sign an index card. I get my picture in the paper. So I don't tell my parents I cut school. One of my friends is kidding around. I'm going to tell your parents I'm a black belly, blah, blah, blah. I wait a couple of years, and then I tell them, uh, you know, I got his autograph. Um, fast forward, every time Muhammad would come in, another guy that, that was, he actually collected uh, stuff also. I would have pictures and I'd give him some of the pictures and he was signing everything. We had a nice relationship. One, one time was pretty funny. Um, he'd come into the, the New York, the Essex house, summer, uh, the New Year's day, January 76. And, you know, he sees me and my friend and he says, Oh man, you Jews. And so I, so I took it to heart and I got very upset about it, but I said to myself, I got like 25 pictures. If I sell this, this is, a couple hundred bucks. I said, I'll do, I'll do fine. So I, I lost respect for him. Well, what do you think happens when he comes out of the, uh, out of having breakfast? I don't know. Tell me what. He puts his arm around me, apologizes, invites me to Deer Park. 
I never, oh, nice. my parents never let me travel that far by myself at the time. But after that, we were like, like every time he'd see me, I'd give him stuff. He'd talk to, he'd sign everything. So he was just a very, very nice guy. And um, years later in 86, when the, the um, Olympics was in Atlanta, I was contacted by, because they had my phone number, Mama knew my number and everything. So they contacted me to do a TNT special with all my Ali members. So I collected Ali. After meeting him and, you know, befriending him, I just loved him. He was like my idol in boxing. So I started collecting him. And I, I was friends with him up till, you know, up till the Parkinson's really set in. He would, my, my wife was my girlfriend at the time. I couldn't find out what hotel he was. He was doing a signing for National Pastime at the time. So I needed a bunch of things signed. So he signed it for me. And he's looking, he looks, I'm sorry, he sees me on the line. He starts going like this. He starts saying, hey, last son. My wife said, oh, you really do know him. We took pictures with him. So it's just fun. He was just a great guy. Um, we are speaking with Les Wolf, autograph and hobby legend. I also idolized Mickey Mantle, but Mantle could be real surly if he wasn't drinking. And this is before the autographs, you know, people were selling autographs. And I needed him and I got him. But I waited outside his hotel at the time, the St. Moritz. Mantle comes out. I'm the only one there. Usually in collector's world, if you had one or two people, you got it made. You'll feel you'll get the guy. Yeah. Mano comes down, looks at me, says, what are you doing here? I said, I'd like to get your autograph, Mr. Mano. Uh, I don't sign at the hotel. I said, okay. And he gives me such a hard time. I was so upset. I said, okay. But little did he know, a friend got me a pass. This is old time as day now. A friend got me a pass for old time as day. I'm in the locker room. So uh, I'm trading with Roy True, who was his agent. I'm trading some of my photos. I was always getting these wire photos and unusual pictures. I'd dig them out. So I'm trading them. I get Mantle to sign some pictures. Mantle doesn't look up. He thought I said he writes to Ken, looks up, and he writes, fuck less. Best wishes, Mickey Mantle. And, I, and I'm, the only thing I've ever really erased in my own collection was um, I erased all of that. It just kept the best wishes, Mickey Mantle. But I've never sold that just for the story. But I was just upset with myself that I erased it. Everybody said, you should have kept it. I said, I was just, and, you know, I felt, you know, I felt funny. But, and Mantle, you know, Mantle said, he reiterated in the locker room, don't ever come to the hotel to get me again. It's okay. Oh, <laughs> he remembered you. That's pretty good. Yeah. But I, w I would go, the hotel was right next to where the Mickey Mantle's restaurant was. So I'd go to the restaurant to get him. I said, well, you told me not in the hotel. We're in the restaurant. <laughs> so he would sign. He was a good guy. Uh, Dusty Baker, when he first came up, he played with Hank Aaron. As, I t as the story goes, I told, you know, as I write, you know, one of these days, maybe I'll write my autobiography. I uh, say, Muhammad Ali and Mickey Mantle and Hank Aaron put me through college, not knowingly, by getting their autographs. Uh, so Dusty came up and he didn't know how to get to the stadium from the city. He's a country boy. So him and Ralph Gar, I took on the train, the seven train, to uh, Shea Stadium. So since that time, we've been friends. So we, I, hopefully I'll catch up with him. This is, I think, probably going to be his last year. Uh, hopefully not, but uh, he's a Hall of Famer, in my opinion. If he ever gets that World Series ring he'd be a, a lock for his ballot but he's got the most wins and everything super super nice guy and you, you meet guys like that um in basketball i was friendly with pete maravich i got a bunch of things i love pistol earl monroe i remember getting him when they played the uh, the knicks he was on baltimore and yeah. i was a huge basketball player at the time i and just earl, i just saw earl last week no the night really nice guy so yeah. i said earl i said let me ask you a question you know you just hit these crazy shots against nick how do you hit those shots? He said, look, man, look. I said, really, come on. He said, look, 
And then I saw Earl a couple of years ago, uh, maybe two years ago before the pandemic. I saw him. I said, I remember you told me that he started laughing. He remembered, so, you know, stuff like that. And Pistol was great. Uh, you know, all these guys are just super, super nice, especially boxers. Some of the some of the nicest guys I've ever met in all those sports were boxers. We are speaking with Les Wolf, autograph and hobby legend. Do you have a white whale, somebody that you really wanted to get that you just haven't haven't been able to get? Yeah, Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. I've had him three times one on one, and first the first two times we're at the hotel when the team was coming down, he would just ignore me. All right, I was inside the hotel. No one, no one's there really. Then the last time was at the Basketball Hall of Fame. We got inducted. My friend, my friend used to do some work for the Basketball Hall of Fame. So I'm in there. I'm saying, I'd like to get him in my NBA 50 book. So um, I said, he gets up to go to the bathroom. I said, I'm not, you know, I'll wait till he gets out of the bathroom. I said, Mr. Jordan, could you please sign my book? Puts his arm around me. He says, sorry, my man, I can't do it. I said, please, I'm begging him. So I said to myself, if I ever get to meet him again, I'm going to say that, listen, Mr. Jordan, you're on my bucket list. Before I die, I want to at least get one autograph of yours. So, but that he's he's number one on my bucket list because I love basketball. Uh, I play it a lot, and I just just love it. It's a lot of fun. But he's 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 my uh, what was the movie Gone in sixty seconds? Like that Mustang that Nicolas Cage. Uh, he's my the one thing one guy I want to get. I mean, I thought yeah, I had him for sure at the basketball Hall of Fame. I waited till he came out of the bathroom. He was walking and he put his arm around me. So oh, maybe I got him now. Said, nope. You think it's because it's like upper deck? Uh, no, no. He signed. I know he's, I friends have gotten him at the Hall of Fame at different places. It has nothing to do with upper deck. And now since the, the movie, uh, who knows if he'll sign, if he signed. Oh, yeah, he does sign. I know some friends have gotten him since the movie. Now, I know you had, uh, you know, you went to Queens College and you have a yearbook with Jerry Seinfeld. And <laughs> tell us a little about that story, your interaction with Jerry Seinfeld. Well, that's funny. Um, you did your homework. Um, I didn't know Seinfeld went to college with me, same year. I, uh, 95, uh, 92, I started dating my, my girlfriend, who's my wife now. And ni- 92, we started dating. 95, we were getting married. And my best man says, take a look. We went to college together. So take a look who's see, see who's in our uh, in our yearbook. And you know, as you know, high school and college yearbooks of celebrities are valuable, especially if you get them signed. Well, I see Jerry Seinfeld's picture in there. So then I see um, I see he's going to be on Regis and Kathy. So a couple of, like uh, and I bring my my college yearbook and a an autobiography to get signed. So um, there's a couple other collectors there. Jerry gets out of his limo. And I go up to him and I said, could you sign my college yearbook? He said, man, am I going to be seeing this on eBay? I said, no, here's my picture in here. Your picture. He said, did I know you? I said, no, I was a gym rat. You were a cast major, communications, arts, and sciences. I said, I wish I was, I was your major. Then I would have been in some of your shows. But he was a super nice guy. We had a nice conversation about Queens College back in the day. And now, I have, said, you seen, have you seen him live? He's very good live. Uh, I have seen him live a few times. I'm Honestly, I, I like him as a person. I'm not a big fan of his of his humor. I, mean, I know a lot of people out there probably are, but I'm not. I mean, his show was okay, but I, you know, I wasn't like I said, I wasn't a big fan of him. Yep. We're speaking with Les Wolf. Les is a legend in the sports memorabilia business. He's been collecting autographs 
for over 60 years. He has a, a website where he sells a ton of stuff at leswolfsportsllc.com. Um, Les is at the national every year. He's been prevalent in our, our hobby and industry for, for a long time. And we're just talking autographs and, and TTM. Les, do you still do uh, TTM through the mail stuff? Or I know you're, you, you, you know, you tra- you're, you're going after the big fish, so to speak, but do you do still do, uh, still do yeah, TTM? I do. Every now and then I do. Certain guys I try to get. Like I got a little thing. Uh, oh, where is it? Uh, I got to remember. That's the other problem. When you get so much stuff, you got to remember where you put everything. That's the problem. Oh, here it is. Um, I bought a collection uh, from a writer, and he had he had a bunch of uh, Indy 500 tickets. Oh, nice. And and I started doing it a while back. Is getting them, whoever won that year, not the guy that's pictured on the ticket. I try to get them to sign it. So I, I need Dario Frischetti on this ticket here. So I contacted NASCAR, and I'm waiting. See if I can get an address on him to send it to just to get it signed. Like um, sportscollectors.net doesn't have an address on him that, that works. So I'm waiting to send. So I do send out every now and then. I mean, I enjoy it, but you know, most of these guys, except for the older Atari guys and newer guys, don't answer their mail. So you basically, whatever you're sending, you're losing the money in postage and whatever the item is. Like I know Ricky Henderson used to keep all the stamps, plus whatever <laughs> you sent him. Uh, you never heard that? No. Yeah, he kept the stamps. He peeled the stamp off, stamps off, and keep them. Ricky's going to be at a show next weekend here in uh, Wilmington, so I'm gonna I'm gonna have to ask him about that. Yeah, ask him about that. <laughs> Ricky's a character, really a character. I, so, I tried to do three deals with him, with his agents, and oh my god, I don't know who's worse, his agent or him. But he, I mean, he signs. He's you know. Oh, no, he, no, but I. He, his agent, his lawyer or his agent called me and wanted to sell me before he got in the Hall of Fame, like half a dozen of his game used bats. So at the time they were retailing for like 300. So I offered him like 200 or 250. I know I make a little profit on it. So the, the guy got back to me and says, no, listen, we want 300 a bat. I said, forget it. I can't pay you what I'm going to sell it for. And then I said, well, when he gets into the, into the Baseball Hall of Fame, I collect the Yellow Hall of Fame plaque cards. I want to get like 20 to 30 of them signed, you know, let me know and we'll work out the price. Okay. We'll be, you know, we'll be fair now. Okay. Well, I get a phone call about a month before he gets in all the thing. You still want the plaque cards? I said, yeah. I said, how much are they? He said, well, I could do like $50. He says, okay, fine. Let me know and we'll get, take care of it. So uh, that was about a month before he got in all the thing. about two weeks before he gets in all the thing. Well, we changed the price. It's now $80. I said, okay. Third time he calls me like a couple of days before the actual induction. When, he's, when I could send him the plaques and get them signed, he said, it's $110 now. I said, you know what? Basically, I said, go, you know what, to yourself. I don't want them. You know, I said to myself, I'll buy them from another dealer. It just was, I just lost all respect for them. When you make a deal, whether it's a good deal or a bad deal, just live by your word. Right, live you know, by it. If I, if I make a mistake and I quote you a price, I've done it with people from my SED ads. Once in a while, if they check my website and they see the SED ads wrong, they'll realize that the SED ad was wrong. Uh, but usually uh, I honor that. So, but when he did that, I, I never had an athlete do, pull something like that on me. I said, I don't want it anymore. Forget it. Well, you but wanna, I should have uh, known because of the bats, you know, they, they, they weren't uh, easy to deal with. That's funny. Well, you run a class, right? Or a, 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 um, a seminar, I guess. 
uh, uh, for collectors protecting your investment, how to uh, store and exhibit your, your collection. How did that come about? And, and, and uh, you know, what, what do you, what do you espouse to collectors when, uh, you know, people that attend these events? Well, basically what happened was we had hurricane Sandy and was it 12? Yeah. And my in-laws house got hit pretty hard. There are a couple of blocks from the water in Long Island here. And I lost furniture, no memorabilia, thank God. But all through the years, when I go to buy people's collections, I had one guy in Connecticut that had no air conditioning. He was a heavy smoker. And he put everything in his hot closet and it, everything in a plastic sheet. So when I went to the guy, uh, I think his name was Terry. I said, Terry, listen, look at this. I said, had you have kept took care of this, I could have paid you X amount of dollars as opposed to Y amount of dollars because everything stuck to the plastic. The cards, the Hall of Fame placard stuff, it was just horrible. So all through the years, I'm thinking of all these things saying, you know, what not to do. I had a seal break in, in, in a room that had a bathroom over and I lost stuff myself. So after Hurricane Sandy, I said, you know, there's a real big need for someone to do something to help people to properly collect, invest, protect and preserve memorabilia. So I copy wrote that. I wrote up something if it's on my website, teaching people how to properly collect, invest, protect, and preserve memorabilia. And I started going to libraries or anybody to want to listen to them. And I did it for an honorarium. Some places paid me a little more. Some places I didn't even get paid just to teach people the proper way to collect it. I mean, if you put stuff on the wall in your house, it shouldn't be by the sunlight. It, shouldn't, it should be LED lighting, not you know, UV lighting, uh, not, uh, not standard fluorescent lights because that's going to fade it. There's a whole bunch of things like most people keep stuff in the basement. You got to put them in acid-free uh, tubs. And I tell them, put it in two or three tubs in case there's a flood, they won't get ruined. I mean, I have seen some of the worst. I actually, I could talk about this. I'm also an appraiser with the ISA, International Society of Appraisers. Mm -hmm. I was called in to do Gene Michael's appraisal. This is a funny story. Michael couldn't come home because he was working for, for Georgia at the time. <clears throat> and he had a big flood in his basement, horrible flood. I had to go in there literally talk about wearing a mask his basement smelled like a sewer he had a backup it was horrible he had the yankee balls with munson on it and a lot of great stuff that got totally destroyed so i had to figure out what that stuff was worth had he have put that stuff in the acid-free mat uh tubs you know a couple of tubs and done it properly it wouldn't have happened but you know things like that do happen i was called in uh to a, a client that owned a big big fortune 500 company I went to his office. He's big at the time. He was a big, he was the largest mantle collector of cards till he sold them. And then he called. He started collecting Jeter. But he called me to his office. I brought him some Jeter stuff he wanted to see. And I looked on his wall. I said, "Do you realize you just lost five thousand dollars on this wall at minimum?" He had Mantle Maris photos, great photos, all signed. Because the window, the there was no blinds on the windows, no UV protection on it. It all faded horribly, horribly. So he invited me to his house just to inspect his house because he wanted to protect the mantle card collection. So I said, you know, you gotta look out for piping, where it is, what it could do, you know, uh, you gotta keep your temperature between 68 and 70 degrees. Everything I'm saying is all on my website. Uh, and it's just amazing how some of the damaged stuff gets like that. And you always should, should always wear gloves when you're getting baseball signed. And hopefully the athletes don't touch it all because the, the oil in your fingers makes the balls tone and certain balls tone more than others. Like those mantle balls you see in the picture here that I got signed in the mid 80s, uh, 
they hadn't seen the day, daylight till a couple of years ago when I took them out and started to start selling them. And what what is the biggest mistake people make? Is it leaving stuff in uh, exposed to sun, or is it not protecting against water? What's the biggest make mistake? People the single make? biggest mistake, I would say, putting stuff on the wall and not not realizing that if you keep your blinds open, the sun is going to fade it, or the light's going to fade it. Well, if you have a if you keep your apartment and you like it really hot and you don't have air conditioning, it's ninety degrees. I mean, that's going to destroy that stuff in there. I mean, I just had a guy call me at. He had the four Yankee perfect game pitchers and catchers signed in a frame. Another thing, you have to have the proper framing. He bought it. I think he bought it from Steiner, and it wasn't it wasn't UV protected glass. So the combination of that and the wrong lighting and the wrong temperature, they were faded significantly. So you know, we tried to make a deal, but he he wanted close to what he paid for them. I said I can't because the signatures are light. Look at them. But you know, it's, it's I would say the walls. You know, whether it be whether it be just your family pictures or, or artwork, you should always protect your stuff. And that's when I do my lectures, a lot of times spouses or women aren't collectors. This one particular woman came to one of my lectures and her son had sent her, her husband had passed away at a big autograph collection. So I, I asked most collect, most people that come, what do you collect? And most people say, I don't collect anything. I say anything more than one or two is a collection. Well, she happened to pull something out of her pocket was uh, a St. Anthony's medallion that had a little loop in it that you could wear a chain on it. I said, what was this from? So well, this is my husband's. He used to carry it around all the time. Since he passed away, I keep it in my pocket. I said, why keep it in your pocket? Put a chain around and wear it around your neck. And I was very touched by it. You know, just to see it, she allowed me to hold it. You know, so you never know. You know, some, like, like I always say, one person's garbage could be another person's treasure. So, you know, you know, it kind of touched me. So every time when I do my lectures, I ask what the people collect because not everybody collects everything. They collect certain things and plus they collect other things to go along with it. But it's, it's just fascinates me how many people collect stuff. Do you have a favorite item or favorite items that you display and how do you display it? Do you have a, a room that you display all your stuff in? I'd rather not say. <laughs> I, do have, I do have favorite items. Um, yeah, I'm not saying most valuable, just something that either you got as a kid or maybe your dad gave you or something that has a special uh, me memory to you. Actually, actually, the picture of me that was in the in the Daily News with Muhammad Ali, mm -hmm. 71 from the uh, fight of the century. That's also a funny story. I've had the newspaper picture I cut out for years. I don't know if you know who Henry Yee is. He works with PSA. He does the... Um, type one photos so he, he he's been running auctions for that for years so i gave him some pictures to auction one day i'm looking on ebay and on behold there's the picture of me in the background but it's not cut off like usually pictures in newspaper cut around to uh to keep the subjects in there but they don't keep everything in there well i have that and I'll show oh you have that. the original newswire picture or the original picture so i was trying to buy the original so I left this crazy bid. It was at $50 when I went to sleep. I left a crazy bid of like $500. Well, somebody beat my bid like 520. So I asked Henry, just make me up a copy. So here's the original, if you could see it. It's yep. just me Muhammad. You don't see anything in the background there, right? You don't see part of the New Yorker hotel. Now here's a copy of the original where you see me behind Muhammad and you see the Empire State Building and the New Yorker Hotel. Nice. 
I don't know if you could see it. I got I don't know how to hold it. You're kind of fading in and out because of the, the background. Yeah. But anyway, this is something that, you know, it's a favor of mine. I mean, to me, the only, per the only person that means anything is me. And stuff like this means more to me than most autographs or anything because it captures a moment in my time, the first time I ever met Muhammad. And I mean, I have other pictures of Muhammad and I that you, when you go to my website, you can see that I got from a show, Adam signed. Uh, but this, this is my all-time favorite. Oh, we're speaking with Les Wolf. Les is an autograph legend, a legend in sports memorabilia. He's been a we're going to call him a pioneer in sports memorabilia. I know you don't like that, but we're going to say, we're going to say it anyway, Les. Does that... Well, I don't I don't mind the part the the uh, the legend, uh, but I just consider myself as just a collector that never that stuck with it and and basically never grew up basically. But like, um, like the rest of us, right? Yeah, I mean, but you know what? This is what keeps us young. This is what keeps us going. You know. And actually, memorabilia is a memory, so that's why we like it. It's our memory. Les, Les, why don't you let people know where they can find you on social media? On social media, which I'm just a little bit on. Uh, I, I do. Inst actually, that's another thing. I started an Instagram post right around the pandemic when it first started in March of 19. And what I did was, I don't know if you, you what's where are you from originally? I'm from yeah. Boston. Okay, well. We used to have the Daily News with Dick Young with, was, in, was one of the writers. And it used to be a did you know in the back. So it would say, did you know what happened on such and such day? So when I saw that, I said, you know, I got an idea. Why don't I just add photos of stuff that I have signed in my inventory and in my collection and do a did you know, like what happened? Like, for example, um, today is Walt Frazier's 77th birthday. So I did that. Yesterday was Rick Barry's birthday. So I do a signed picture. And I do a little story about them in there. So I've got about 1,400 followers on Instagram, Les Wolf Sports. Uh, on Facebook, I got close to 5,000 followers on there. That's the maximum you can have. LinkedIn, I got about, well, so everything's Les Wolf Sports or Les Wolf. Uh, LinkedIn, I got about 6,000. So I just post all the time, you know, once a day. So, uh, and I enjoy it. It's fun. And plus, when we didn't have sports because of the pandemic, this gave me an outlet to have sports because the only way uh, I could have sports going on is be able to create it. And that's what I did. I created Did You Know. Yeah, I, I love your Instagram post. I, I look forward, forward to it every day. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so I give it a thumbs up. I got one a question uh, regarding forgeries and fakes. You know, forgeries and fakes have always been a problem in the autograph business, right? You never quite know if an autograph is real or not unless you've seen it done in person um you know just as a buy just for buyers just a, a regular original you know buyer like myself how do you take steps to protect yourself against you know purchasing forgeries well it depends on where you're buying them from first of all no i know that's the that's the key i mean i i find now that in a new market in a new era that we have now is even though i tell people i got it signed myself which most of my older time clients don't would rather have a letter from me than from a JSA or a PSA, uh, they, they still want to have a, a JSA or a PSA letter. So it adds an added expense, but, uh, and they do make mistakes. I have seen mistakes done by all of them, including my, I've made mistakes myself, but the security you have to do is just do your research, you know, know what the autographs look like. Basically, if you see stoppages in the signature, what I mean, you see like when you sign your name, 
Jeff, you don't stop in the middle to continue that J. A lot of the forgers don't realize that and they stop. Or if you see a trace, and what I always tell people, if a deal looks like it's too good to be true, there's a reason. And a lot of people fall for that. You know, the bargain hunters are always out there and they're always trying to rip you off. And you just got to be careful. Right. I saw a Babe Ruth Lou Gehrig Bay, uh, baseball the other day, yesterday maybe. Um, and it was all, it wasn't in great condition, but it was from Puerto Rico and the guy was selling it for $400. I'm like, that, it cannot be real. <laughs> it just can't be. I mean, there could be some guys that, that don't realize the value, but something like that, I would tend to not, would, I would agree with you. <clears throat> but like I said before, you got to really do the research. And like one of the trickiest is autographs, believe it or not, is Sonny Liston, because his wife did a lot of his signing. So I've seen PSA and JSA and all of them make mistakes on some of them. But you got to be very careful because she was pretty, she was pretty good autograph of writing Sonny because he was illiterate. Do you and have anything... Personally, do you have a preference over, um, you know, balls and, and equipment or, or shirts or uh, photos or cards or do you, or just books? Do you have something that you, you think is a, has better investment value and something that you like better, you know, better than the others? Well, as far as investment value, it's baseballs by far. I mean, I didn't do I, I like pictures. I'm a picture person. So I've got a large picture sign collection. But baseballs, you got to get the, the use the right pen. You got to use, you know, use the gloves. You got to have the right the situation to get them signed. But baseballs do retain the most value as far as investment wise. Um, I still love photos. Uh, but the, the you know, and the, and the problem is baseballs take up a lot of space. I I like I love signed cards. I've got I still have my signed cards I got as a kid. And uh, every now and then I might add one to it. Uh, that, that I think is phenomenal investment. And what I was doing back in the, in the 60s and 70s was getting rookie cards signed. So I've got some bunch of rookie cards. I and mean, now it's a big craze. Back then, who wants to, who do I want, what do I want writing on my card? I don't want that on a rookie card. Nowadays, it's, it's the norm. And do, the you remember, do you remember that? Remember back in the 80s when, when you, if you got a card signed, people would look at you like, what are you doing? You're ruining that card. And if you had it, if you had it to sell in your, in your booth, people, you know, would pass right over and wouldn't want to see it. Yeah, it's really, it's really, it's really strange. Do you, are you a set collector? Do you, you uh, collect signed um, sets? I think I bought it. I forget what years I got to, got to find the box. I bought it about hundred or something signed cards. I think I have an 89 baseball set. I don't remember which company it was, Lear or Donruss. So every now and then when I buy collections, I try to complete that set and i set up my 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 uh loose leaves with you know, by year with the sets with a bunch of cards from each year but it virtually there's always going to be one or two guys that are virtually impossible to get on that year set like a lyman bostock or a thurman munson or mike miley all these these strange guys that uh life's in life ended too way too short so that makes it very hard to complete certain sets and then you got the guys like the Mike Marshalls that uh, just didn't sign. Right. And there's some guys that won't sign sp specific cards too, which is really tough. Like I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm collecting the 78 top set and used to Lyman Bostock, Lyman Bostock and, and Thurman Munson just send chills down my spine because I'm never going to get those cards. <laughs> Actually, I've had, I've had the, the Bostock. I might still have it. I'll have to let you know, but it was personalized. I got it encapsulated, but it's personalized. 
Do you do you believe in getting uh, cards aut uh, authenticated or or, uh, or graded? Autograph cards or every or just cards regular cards or or, or um, autograph. Um, do I believe in them? Um, yeah, I do. Okay. I mean, if if you're looking at it as far as investment, and the autograph is mint on that card, it's only going to go up the autograph. But the, the thing that on the other side of the coin, I say to people, I say, okay, I can get it graded 10 years ago and it's a mint 10. And if I don't, if I don't properly protect it, it could fade significantly and it's only maybe a seven or an eight now, but it's still labeled a 10. So you gotta be careful with that also. I, I would say, I like the encapsulations. Uh, I've gotten a bunch of autographs encapsulated, photos encapsulated. It does help to protect the item. But interesting enough, PSA, when I had some conversation with PSA, they never made them UV protected. So even though you have them encapsulated, you still have to have UV glass if you put them in a frame, the card or the photo, whatever. They never got them UV protected. Why? I can't answer. They should should be doing that. Will you be will you be attending any shows? Um, you know, do you have a booth at any shows coming up? I know, you know, I'm sure you'll be at the national in Atlantic City. I'm set up for the national, God willing, I'll be able to make it. I've had some health issues. I'm set up, I'm scheduled to do the Hofstra show here in Long Island. I was gonna do the Chantilly show, but the tables that they had available weren't uh I, I didn't I needed a lot of I need a lot of space. I got a lot every day I'm getting more collections come in, so I don't uh I don't have, a, I need a lot of space. Sure. Now, can I give it, is it okay to give out your email address if people have questions, if they want yeah, to? you can give out my email address and my uh, my office phone, sure. Okay, Les's email address, it's lwolf, W-O-L-F-F-1823 at AOL.com. So if you have any questions, I'll, and I'll put it up on my, my website, it's lwolf, W-O-L-F-F-1823 at, at AOL.com. If you have any questions for Les Les, knows probably more about autographs than just about anyone in the world honestly he has been collecting autographs uh for over 60 years i you know i really enjoyed talking with you again we're talking with les wolf he is a legend in the sports memorabilia business uh you can go his, to his website he has tons of stuff that they're selling at les wolf sports llc.com if you want to uh book less for a speaking engagement right you do speak you you do speaking engagements yes, um you, you can check it out is uh just send him an email and, and he can work out the details he is on facebook at less wolf sports lc llc he is on uh instagram at less wolf sports a fantastic instagram gives a uh, what's happening every what happened every day uh, in sports and puts a, a cool autograph picture. As you said, Walt Frazier was on uh, this week. I saw I saw uh, Rick Barry the other, the other day as well. He's also on Twitter at Les Wolf Sports. I don't know anything else, Les, before I let you go. I mean, I could talk, honestly, I could talk to you for another two hours. That's fine. I don't, I love, I love this stuff in case you haven't realized that. Um, what was I going to say? You know what? Also people, if you want to call me, 516-933-7787. I think the biggest thing that social media has caused and because of the, the pandemic is I miss having collectors call me looking to buy something or just having questions if I have it and hearing their stories. Like I was on the phone with a client that I've been buying his collection over the last few years and he said to me stuff, we're talking about getting certain guys when and where 
Like he was, he went into a hotel room and saw, went to a hotel restaurant and he used to work, he worked in that hotel and he sees Dudley Moore and he yells out, Arthur, and he got him to sign stuff. So, you know, you know, it's, it's the stories that make it. Um, also, I mean, this week I also posted uh, a Jacques Plant signed photo, which is pretty rare with that, that, that he, believe it or not, he, he's the only goalie with six Vezeners. And I also put some, some rare signed gloves. I tried to put some rare stuff up there also. But it's the fun of the hobby that we're missing by not sharing our stories, especially, you know, on phone calls. I mean, we're doing this this podcast, which is great. But if if collectors would not only get together on on Facebook uh, marketplace and Facebook groups, but if they got together with phone calls and just talk about it, it it it's just a great feeling just hearing the same stories. Oh, I did that when I was in Chicago. Or I'm from New York and I went to California and I met what's his name and just talk about that stuff. It's just that's what I think is missing. And another thing in the card companies, unfortunately, are missing the boat with the kids. And I think that's the biggest problem in our hobby. It's it's become it used to be a hobby that was good for any age. Now it's becoming a hobby mainly for the rich. That they are the only ones that can afford these 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 breaks, these boxes, a couple of thousand dollars for a box. My older son's 25. Every now and then I buy him boxes. I used to take him to the shows and they used to say, Bradley, why don't you buy the older vintage stuff? No, no, I want the newer stuff. You know, had he have done that, he would add a master, major, major collection. But you know what? You can't, you can't tell kids. They have to learn for themselves. And the same way everybody out there, if I can help anybody, you know, I'm happy to help them because you know, there were collectors and dealers that helped me when I started. And, and anytime I can help anybody, just let me know. What do you see kind of uh, one more question then I'll let you go. Sure, go ahead, what, no do you, problem. what do you see as the the future of the autograph hobby? You know, the NFTs are really taking root in the last year or two with the with the young kids and virtual cards and tops digital. Uh you know, just from a collecting standpoint, and I, I know uh regular cards will never get phased out as long as you and I are around, but what do you think is the the future of autographs in the next, you know, 5 to 10 years? I think there's always going to be autographs. I think that's one staple in, in our industry. But I think a lot of the the younger kids that grow up in, in, in like I did in the projects or in a disadvantaged area or in a not a wealthy area are not going to be able to afford this stuff. And I think that's the biggest problem. I think autographs is, is always going to be athletes that want to be remembered and want to, you know, want to be around fans after their playing after their playing days are over so i think autographs will always be popular i just wish that some of these current athletes in certain sports would realize that there wouldn't be anything without the fans and it'd be a little more little nicer to the fans as far as signing autographs all right so what if someone's hustling to get some autographs to sell to make some money you don't, the athlete doesn't know their story they've worked hard to become who they are i mean they should be more appreciative of the of the fans some got most of the older all the famers in, in most sports get it is the newer guys like the Bryce Harpers that don't get it. I mean, it's all about the money. Yeah. I mean, I was at Red Sox spring training last week and, and I'll tell you, I was very pleased to see all the guys, you know, the name guys, Bogarts and Devers and JD Martinez. And, you know, they were all signing. So it was, it was nice to see. That is nice. I, I wasn't expecting it. <laughs> I mean, the Bryce Harpers, who my son was at a, the baseball writers dinner and he was little then, 
And Bryce Harper just decided to sign for one kid and just walk, walk by everybody else. And yeah, it's, it, you know, it, it, it's too bad. And, and I know um, one of the, one of the benefits of, of having the podcast is I get to talk to a lot of former athletes and even some current athletes. And, and, you know, I think they go through kind of three phases first that they're new and they, they'll sign. And then all of a sudden they get jaded and they think that people are taking advantage of them. And then kind of, they get a little older and they understand that it's kind of all part of the thing. And, you know, their, their, their uh, profession and they wouldn't have a profession if the fans weren't there. So uh, I think, I think it's just when you catch them in their career arc. Or you catch them in, in the right mood. Like yeah. you've asked me what some of my favorites, what's your favorite autograph in your collection? You know what I have, I love Steve Garvey. I've loved Steve Garvey since I was a little kid and I met him at a, a, a Shriners auditorium show here in Massachusetts. I don't know, a couple of years ago, and I talked him into being on my podcast. And uh, this is this was probably one of the worst things that ever happened to me in my whole life. I got his I got his phone number, emailed the whole nine yards. I recorded the podcast, and my my recording was a mess. I went to play it. There was oh, not no. there was nothing there, nothing. When oh, I say no. nothing, it was I I, I was going to cry. Mm. So I finally got up the courage about I don't know six months ago to just reach out to him again because i didn't want to bother him you know he, he did a fit did me a favor and so i got him to he, i got him to he'd be in my uh, podcast about a month ago but anyway i picked up a 1972 steve garvey card uh, on ebay in really good condition it wasn't graded and i sent it out to him and he signed it to me to me in like a day and i i sent him a, a text thanking him and the whole nine yards that's my that's one of my favorites the other one, and I've been talking, I posted this on um, Instagram uh, a while ago. My my dad, the first pack that I ever got, my dad was a pharmacist and he owned a drugstore and he brought home 1972. He brought home a pack of cards for me when I was seven years old. He, I remember sitting at the kitchen table with him, opening the pack. And like the third or fourth card was a 1972 Red Sox rookie card. And that, when I, as a seven-year-old, I loved that card. It happened to be Carlton Fisk's rookie card. Carlton Fisk's Cooper and Mike Garman, that card. I still have that card mm-hmm. and I've sent it out and got, I've got it signed. I don't know. What the, I have it over here. That that's my all time favorite card. So mm-hmm. I have it. That's a nice card. Yeah. So, but this is, this is the exact card. This is, is an Cecil original Cooper? card. Cooper, Mike Garman and, and Carlton Fisk. Now that you should get encapsulated and graded. It looks pretty strong. You know what? I've had this card since I was seven years old. It's got it's staying in the family. <laughs> you know what I mean? It is the family. <laughs> right. So th- those are kind of my two favorite two favorite cards. And then I uh, um, autographs. And then I got an autograph from Bill Lee, who I loved as a kid. I'm a Red Sox hey, fan. Man. I'm a lefty. And and I met I met him at, at a, a charity event and he was really fun. And I he was another guy. So um I, I I've had the, the privilege of meeting a lot of uh my my career heroes. I still need to get um, Tom Brady. I don't have a Tom Brady. I never met him. I heard he's nice, though. Yeah, I just haven't. I've tried him. I've written him to him a couple times. And I just don't have, you know, an extra $1,500 lying around to buy buy his autograph. I'd li- I like to get it the old-fashioned way, you know? Yeah, but that's not going to be easy. No, I know. So I met I met a kid at, at training camp a couple of years ago. He was uh, 15 or 16 years old, and he flies out every year from California, and he's got him a, a couple times. So we'll see. Yeah, well, good luck. Thank That's you. the number one autograph you want to get on your bucket list. 
Yeah, I have a I have a Celtics ball that's signed by a ton of Celtics Hall of Famers, and I'd like to get Larry Bird and uh, Dave Cowens on it. And I know Dave Cowens signs TTM, and you can send it off to Larry Bird and have him sign it. But I'd like to get it like something like that. I like to I love the TTM aspect of it, but I also love shaking the guy's hand and 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 meeting him and and that I don't mind paying for it if the if I'm in the presence of a guy or if I you know if I see him at an event. I don't, Schwartz, I don't mind. Uh, Schwartz is in Chicago. They, they have bird uh, and they do re- pretty regular signings with them. Yeah. I have a, I have a bird magic Johnson uh, picture that I got signed by both of them. Bird. You're uh, better off getting at his signing. His photograph, not at a signing is horrendous. Yeah. Well, I have a, I have a friend. He was the accountant for the Celtics back in the eighties. So um, he's pretty good friends with, with Larry still. Um, so I might, I might try to pull that string. I don't know. I'll, it, it, he, I don't know how much, how often he's in the Boston area. That's the thing. I don't, I don't want to send the ball out anymore. It's <laughs> no, I would say a basketball. I would say that, that you don't want to send. Yeah. I mean, I, I've got a lot of the guys. I got Koozie, McHale, uh, Pierce, uh, Antoine Walker. I met, um, at an event, a bunch of guys. So I, I have a uh, DJ, I have a DJ on it and I have a lot of, a lot of the Celtics on it. So, uh, tiny. So I, I'd like to get I'd like to get Bird, Bird Russell and McCann, uh and Cowens the three guys I like to finish. Yeah, Walton with. on it. I do not have Walton, but I do have a bunch of Walton autographs. Walton, Walton's great though. One of the nicest guys you'll ever meet in person. Yeah, it's you know it's one of those ones that I, I don't want to send off to anyone. I just I just got Charlie Scott, so I'm, I'm kind of and I got Satch Sanders and I like I you know I'm in the area, so you get the these guys at signings every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Well, Les, it's been a pleasure talking with you and talking autographs. I, I apologize if I kept you so long. As no, I no, said, no, it's a pleasure. Drew, we did it. We finished another show. I just, you know what, Drew, the best, the, the best part about the, the, the TTM podcast podcast is that um, the shackles are off. You and I can just talk and talk and talk. And we don't have to worry about time constraints and meeting, fitting in commercials and breaks and all this stuff. We can just talk. And I really enjoy uh, the time that you and I have uh, to talk about collecting and autographs. And I hope our listeners uh, enjoy it as well. Yeah. That freedom to just be able to just go on and on. If we really want to get on something, it just, it really helps things out a lot. I mean, I, I enjoy doing the radio show obviously, but at the same time, it's a little bit more, uh, it's a little more stringent as to what you can, what you can uh, put in there and everything. So we've got a little bit more freedom to kind of expand on a lot of stuff here. And yeah, I like that a lot. Well, guys, we want to thank Les Wolf for joining us. I hope you enjoyed my interview with Les. He is uh, a great guy. We're going to be doing some work with Les in the in the future, so um, keep a, keep a watch for that. We'll have some. We'll make an announcement next week regarding uh, Les, and, and hopefully you'll enjoy what we're we're planning to do with Les. We have all sorts of fun stuff coming up. All sorts of neat interviews coming up. Former major league player. I've got I've got. I spoke to him at least uh, three times today so i'm going to interview him next week we have uh, an industry leader uh, probably one of the top industry leaders um hobby leaders i'm going to talk to next week when where i'm interviewing him um i've got an nba hall of famer that i'm working on so we've got all sorts of guys uh to bring you the best the best and brightest so to speak uh and we we love talking to them drew why don't you let people know how they can reach out to us and uh tell us how, how what uh clowns we are if you want to get in any uh, questions, comments, <laughs> concerns, uh, get in on our contests, anything like that, you can email us at ttmcast at yahoo.com. You can also reach us on our text line. 
That is 978-729-0662. If you didn't have time to write those down, go and check out our website, ttmcast.com. We've got all of the information right on there. Yeah, I just want to remind everyone we're giving away a prize, kids prize pack, which is for a young collector, you know, 13 or 14 years or younger, because we have a collects.app t-shirt that's medium, 25 top loaders from our friends at collects.app, uh, a pack of tops card. Uh, I got some uh, sports collectors club uh, card holders, card stands, some TTM cast, a um, magnets. And I got some special uh, prizes that I'm going to include as well. Uh, it's a great prize pack. All we need, well, we need your name, your mailing address in the name of your young collector and we are going to pick a winner next week we'll announce the winner winner on next week's show um i think we have i just want to thank everyone again we uh for hitting our thirty thousand downloads i want a special thanks to drew for helping it make make uh, it a reality thirty thousand we're, we're we're hoping we we get to uh uh hundred thousand someday and you guys are with us we thank the thank you if you're a new listener let people know what we're doing keep it keep us uh informed of what you're doing if you want to share with us your returns or comments or collecting we always always welcome that as well uh next week we have andy broom on andy is the uh, senior vintage sports car grader for csg we talked to andy about what uh, the new CSG label, the new CSG uh, grading parameters, as well as uh, some new stuff that's going to that's coming from CSG, and talk about the grading community and and uh, what they did at uh, the Mint Collective. So that's coming up next week. Um, I think that's it, Drew. You got anything else? I think that pretty well covers it. All right, pal. You have fun at the uh, the games this week. Hopefully, you get some cool autographs. And uh, guys, we'll see you next week. We're missing everyone. Wishing everyone many happy returns.